So hi, Danielle. Welcome back to uh, our episode this week. How are hi, you? Mel. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, actually. Yeah, having a good week. Uh, interesting, different to the last yeah. time we spoke. Yeah, there's definitely new energies all about, I've noticed. Obviously, we've talked about this for a while, but um, every week seems to bring in this, this energy of uh, a a place you've never been before. You know, yeah. there's, there's not a lot of familiar territory where, you know, where we're going anymore. It's like we were shot out of the tube and now we're on the other side. <laughs> and it's like, everything we're doing is unfamiliar. Every place we're going, it, it, it's that old way of thinking versus the new way of thinking. And it's kind of a natural, but there's still some of these hiccups that we're having to work through to acclimate into these new energies. Yeah. And that leads us nicely into the theme, really, that we were looking at exploring uh, from the esoteric and uh, psychological perspective, um, because over the last few weeks, we've talked about um, the, the experience of grief and trauma and shock and change and all these things and and how that's experienced for people and what they can do um and so that nicely takes us into what you were going to talk about um today which is looking at the tarot uh as a divination tool but also particular cards in that so do you want to say a bit more because this leads in nice uh, nicely yeah. from where we've been yeah. already or so you know you either you, you, we have these stages of understanding tarot or divination tools, period. And so tarot would be considered a divination tool. This is a way to kind of tap into an unconscious area of yourself, places you might not be aware of. Um, I think, you know, like, or like Carl uh, Jung would say the, the shadow self and tarot is a tool that you can use to allow that unconscious aspect of yourself to kind of come forward and be heard. And, you know, we, we, when we look at tarot, we, we just assume it's just this esoteric, you know, form of understanding, but we can really ground in what tarot is through psychology and the understanding of the unconscious self. And what happens is, you know, one of the things that we've been discussing is, you know, grief and trauma and, you know, how you work yourself through that. But what happens is that the tarot specifically, the tarot card is called the tower and the tower is there to let you know that sometimes we have to take new perspective and some things fall apart. Sometimes it just does. This is the natural order of life. You know, what comes up must come down and the tarot uh, tower card is no different than that. What it's saying is that this tower that you have once built and, and put in effort and time might not be as stable as you once thought it was. So when the tower comes down, it's time for you to reevaluate things. It's time for you to make an acknowledgement of, of your aspects or your belief systems that led you to building the tower in this way. Um, the goal in the tower card is to have this moment of clarity that you didn't once have. You're seeing things in a new way. You're seeing things uh, the way that reality is and not the way you envisioned it to be. 
and you have to jump ship. The tower's coming down. So what do you do in that moment? Well, with the tower card, the very next card in the deck is the star card, which tells you a lot about the human psyche. What it tells you is, you know, we go through devastation. We go through changes. We go through things that make uh, your reality shift. And what happens when you, you know, come out of the that tower moment and you, the next card being the star card, it tells you, how are you rebuilding? What are we doing to now that we know the truth in a new form or in a new way? How do I rebuild my tower in a more stable, better foundation, better framework way? And as a collective over the last few weeks, we've had a lot of tower moments. And this is collectively speaking, you know, some of these tower moments aren't a bad thing. Actually, no tower moment really is a bad thing in the grand scheme of things. It's just letting you know it's time for change. But not all tower moments have to have this negative interpretation behind it. I know that my tower uh, over the last couple of weeks was actually very positive for me. It made me see things in a new way. It made me realize that I am more creative than I ever gave myself credit for. And so the reality I was seeing wasn't big enough for me. And now I'm able to extend beyond this, this one tunnel vision I had into a more um, acknowledged form that I am deserving and capable of. And so now as I'm rebuilding my tower, I'm not sad about the loss of that tower. I'm actually very excited about it because I now have a grander purpose. Now it's even bigger than it was before. And I know that I can do it because the star card is helping me. And the star card is the equivalent of saying, um, you know, you're, you're getting the help you need. You're, you're receiving the guidance that's needed. You're taking these next steps with an inner knowing and wisdom that you didn't have prior to this tower collapsing. Mm. so it that process for a lot of people then you know if they were to draw that card or see the imagery on that card is that the whole of the structure that everything has been built on what you're talking about is the beliefs and values and can be seem like it's all falling apart and the tower sort of can represent those what seem like um big things that are happening to us and that can be through a, com a complete restructure of our relationships or seeing those patterns uh fall out in front of us and it can feel like a fallout it can feel like a loss it can feel like something humongous that is happening to us and it's interesting because you're talking about the the uh next card that naturally falls in the tarot deck which is the star for people mm -hmm. who don't realize it you know they they go in certain sequences um but i guess um that process of going from the it feels like everything's falling apart and your world's falling apart if you lost your job or your friendships have changed and can feel in that moment like total uh, total utter despair and destruction and when people are in that phase, it can feel really, really difficult. But mm -hmm. what you're saying is if we can ride it out, the natural next step is, is don't rush to find what's next. Don't rush to work out what's going on. Try not to see this as destruction and devastation because right. 
actually, if you see that it can be that the very foundations that you've built things on have to be reviewed, have to be redesigned, have to be looked at in a particular way, because sometimes the insight you get from that is what helps you then decide and define what the next steps in that journey will be. So it might be if it's friendships, it will help you decide do you you might have had these friendships for a long time and they've looked a particular way those patterns have been that way you've done what you've always done but all of a sudden sometimes information's coming along and it and now you'll see see things or hear things and and this will just feel different right and right. yeah you can never go back once the tower card is presented mm. and your eyes are open and you see this new truth you can't go back to the way it was before Right. I mean, I guess technically you can, but not really because you now see the truth. Well, and you can't unknow. Yeah, you can't unknow now. once you know. Yeah. And you know, if we take a look at the tarot, it really is a journey within itself. You know, the fool starts the journey. The fool is innocent, wide-eyed, has no idea the dangers that could lurk ahead. Right. And so then we start working through, and that's just the major arcana, right? So then you just start working through each step, you know, the tower card and the devil and death card are probably the three scariest cards for people to receive yeah. in a tarot. But just like with the tower card, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Death doesn't mean death. It doesn't mean literal just death. It's just, yeah, it's just change. It's it's the, the yeah. die. It's the death of something you once held true, you know. And it's typically whenever you, you know. It, so this tower card, what it really tells you is, you know, once you know, you can know. Once you find out, it's time to ride the storm and go into observer mode. If you ever feel these tower moments happening to you, and I'm going to transition slightly into the psychology is, you know, once you feel these moments of despair or one, the, the other shoe drops kind of vibration, uh, the best thing you can do is stop, observe, take a breath and allow that moment to pass. Because when the star card i.e. or you know the the moment of clarity starts to occur now you can begin the rebuilding process and now you get to do things in the way that it's truer to your heart and it's truer to what you align inside of and um with tarot cards period i do i am a 100 supporter of, of using those when you're trying to learn to get to know yourself because they will teach you a lot about yourself even more so sometimes than you know um going to therapy can you have to be open to the the shadow sides of yourself and if you're not ready for that absolutely go now you need to probably have a secondary viewpoint but um tarot does this really amazing job of telling you the truth and the truth doesn't care about your opinion of it now does it it's saying this isn't working out for you so the the work the universe is coming in and and throwing a monkey wrench so this you know this tower now has to fall and then whenever you take the next steps which you have to allow the breathing space you have to allow the the wisdom to come not and as you just said no searching for it like Believe it or not, the harder you try to find something, the harder it is to find. It's almost like you're 
putting a negative energy spin onto something that you want to be positive because you have this feeling of lack. I'm lacking, I'm lacking, I'm lacking because I'm searching, I'm searching, I'm searching. But if we do this universal response and it works quite well, I'm, I'm living, breathing proof of it, that if you allow the universe to put you in a settled position, observation, then the information just starts flowing in. Yeah. And it's trusting that process because often um, if all the things you've built up, especially it's hard if sometimes for people when they've built up, whether it's the house, the job, got the car, all of these, uh, the lifestyle, when you've put all of that effort into building that up and you haven't chosen for that, for something that's mm -hmm. happened that makes it feel like it's all falling apart then like we've talked about on previous episodes, there's a, there's a grief process that people go through. The thing with the tower card, I, it, it always feels to me uh, in comparison to say death feels like a gentle, slow, gradual change or sometimes a significant loss if we're talking about a loss of actual life. The right. tower card always feels like something that's disrupting and mm. pulls the rug out and yeah. makes us it's a it feels like a stark thing so you know I can often get this sort of unnerved if I'm seeing the tarot card it's the one card I'm like oh dear what's happening yeah you know yeah. and there is that like you say that individual process but also that collective process mm -hmm. where Lots of people, even if, so in the UK, things might have opened up. There's this perception that we're, you know, some people are saying we're getting our life back. It looks like this, but it doesn't because the, the change, the disruption has been so much bigger than people have anticipated. Yeah. And in that journey, if you try and grasp onto how you have perceived it, how it should look, how it mm -hmm. should be then that's where it can feel more painful. If you can ride out the, like you say, go to, to that inner place within yourself, that still place, at some stage, if you, you know, allow yourself to trust the universe and trust where you're at and trust- And that's it, key. And ask for help. Or, it's just you know. the acknowledgement that the, you are not bigger than the universe. The universe is always going to be several steps ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And that is the design. And if you just allow yourself the moment of clarity, the moment of reflection, because after a tower moment, after something disrupts, after something comes in and pulls the rug out from under you, you need a moment to gain your composure. You need a yeah. moment to say, what just happened? You need a moment to say, what was my part in this? What, was, what could I do differently? And without even acknowledging, you're already inside of the star card pattern. You're already doing it by simply reflecting, reflecting upon yourself inside of this. You're already beginning to rebuild a foundation for this tower to get built up again so that maybe this time there's a little more wisdom in the design. Maybe this time there's a little more heartfelt energy behind it. Maybe this time you put your faith in a, in a power that belongs to you still, but is still bigger than you. You are handing things and saying, I trust, I believe, I know that no matter what, I am going to be okay. Because the universe doesn't want to destroy you. The tower card doesn't want to destroy you. It just wants to, you to open your eyes to the things that were not working for you. Yeah. 
um and that can it, that can be a tricky thing for people to wrap their head around or it can be a welcome opportunity because it's forced the hand but you used an interesting uh phrase actually that what part do we play in that so yeah that phrase of what part do we play is the actor within the play of our life on the platform and often if we're living a life according to how we think we should live it or um, how that life has been constructed through the beliefs of our families, system, culture, all of that. To some degree, we're playing a part. And so part of this process is being able to step back and look at our role within our circumstances. And often in, in some of the Eastern traditions, um, pain and stress all comes from being out of alignment with what your true desires are what your heart desires are or the truth of who you are suffering is desiring you know desiring stuff basically because the more you desire something if you haven't got it what you said earlier you go back to lack so it's an opportunity even if it doesn't feel like that and I certainly had experiences in my life where the rug really felt like it had been pulled from under my feet and at that moment it's everything can feel like it's caving in and and imploding and it makes me think of the film inception which is the multi-layered sort of consciousness of this stuff is happening on so many different levels and what is really tough for people at the moment is this is happening on every level in society and we are not seeing the full uh version of that rug that's been pulled out but we're all we're all in this process in some way I haven't met a person yet in this last year in my friendship group or in professionals where there hasn't been some significant change or some different view that they've got in life whether that is do I really need to drive to the office do we really need to be buying this big car that I'm only using now once a week do we really need to have this same shopping habit and these are kind of subtle sometimes reflections that people have yeah those are more of the subtle ones and yeah yeah, and and very um and yes of course the pandemic is a complete tower moment for society as a whole but over the last few weeks although that there is this variant strain that's come and all of even the vaccinated people are getting it and and you know so there's another tower moment for society um inside of that are these these small more personal uh tower moments that have been occurring yeah and they're all situated around value system you know what is it that you value what is important to you is it time to reflect upon yourself what is is this value system that you're currently carrying going is it working for you or is it working against you mm-hmm. you know as my favorite deity says to me ganesh he always says get out of your own way, Danielle, are you out of your own way yet? And it always makes me giggle because I now have these whole comments where I'm like, am I out of my way yet? (laughs) And so, um, you know, our value system is, you know, is it's really in this, again, we're a new zone. We're in a new energy. We have never experienced this as a society before, as an individual before we are in brand new territory. So what is it that you're doing that is, um, of the old ways that are no longer fitting the new pattern that 
as a whole, we are beginning to walk. There's a lot of changes going on everywhere. And from subtle energy to this giant loud in your face energy, like pandemic. And we have to, that, that silent reflection is key to getting you to that next step, to getting you into a position of saying, you know what, maybe that wasn't working for me. You know, um, the tower card feels scary because it feels like you're out of control. Yeah. Um, but sometimes giving up that control is exactly what is needed to get you to the next step. Sometimes saying, I have faith that, you know, I feel like a good exercise for the listener, for you guys as listeners to do is take a look back and find a tower moment in your life. The one that you just thought you were never going to get through the one that just devastated. I want you to think about how you got through that. I want you to think about how you view that now. I want you to decide if that tower moment was something you actually needed, because I can guarantee that if you did your reflection and you made the changes in your pattern, you're going to be so grateful that that tower moment occurred exactly when it did. Otherwise you would have gone on that path for as long as you possibly could have without making a decision. Otherwise, that's why the universe comes in with the, the tower card is always the universe is is inserting itself. It's saying you're not working through. So we're going to present this tower moment so that you can see your worth in this, or you can see this, or you can be aware of your pattern in this. And, yeah. and so the tower card, it is, it's scarier than death card for me because it's like the universe tell, telling me that I've been ignoring something and it's time to, you know, they're just going to say, all right, that's that. And the tower comes down and now it's time for you to reevaluate. But when we so get to a, Go ahead. Sorry, I was just, it just reminds me, we, we mentioned this before, but it just reminds me of those moments that we've both had where you're, you're about to step out onto the road and a car goes back uh, past you at a real speed or a bike. I've had it, had it with a bike where it's within a whisker, you know, of, of me. And in that moment, you feel the shock, don't you, flooding your body. Yeah. And, and there's a sort of wake-up call. You know, there's a... There's a yeah. There's a, there's a forced action to wake up and notice what is going on because you were just about to walk into a hugely chaotic situation. So sometimes yeah. the tower can feel like that, but it's, it's actually diverting you from something that actually yeah. could be even worse further down the, down the road. I love how you put that. Absolutely. You know, the, again, the universe steps ahead of you always. This is a grand plan. There is a grand plan behind all of this. And if you are truly inspired by growth and wanting to be successful in all of these different um, aspects of your life, you know, the universe is responding to that. And the universe has your best you know, they, they have the best intentions for you. This is not a negative process, which just our human mind creates a negative process because the human mind doesn't like change. The ego does not like change. It says, I want to go back to the way things are because I know how to do it that way. This new grounding is scary. I'm uncomfortable. But um, if the universe is coming in and shifting some things around for you, a I, sometimes I know it sucks. I do. It's hard to be grateful when, you know, something massively is upheaved from you. But if we can sit in this uh, observation mode, acknowledgement mode, accountability mode, reflection mode, 
and say, you know what? I already know through the faith, through my heart chakra, through my crown chakra, I have the faith that they, that whatever, uh, whatever this higher power is, whatever this bigger power is than me, it has my best, like it has the best intentions for me. And if I trust that my tower moments are more of a reality check to my value system, like, oh, if the universe decided to get involved, I am doing something right. If the universe chose to protect me and to upheave all of this stuff, and it feels traumatic for now, there was a reason behind it. And how about instead of saying, woe is me, I choose to say, well, let's figure out that reason behind it and become curious again, the curious child, right? Like you always say, we need to become curious at this point. I'm going to observe the things going around me. And if that piques my interest, I'm gonna go get curious about it and start to kind of dig in that direction, allow that, that moment of clarity to to open up inside of this this moment of upheaval of unknown territory of oh my god why did this happen moments you know and and allow that that trust and faith that you have not only in yourself but beyond that to really show off allow that stuff, allow the intuition to show off, allow the universe to show off for you, allow it to say, here, you look how much better this is. This is why we did it. You've also raised um, several facets that sit alongside and inside the psychology as well, because um, if we're static and we're not moving, if if either we consciously seek growth through personal development, through doing courses, through uh, reviewing our lives on a regular occasion, we can often notice these periods in our life where we're either on a plateau or we just stuck, or we just have not realized that everything's become the same and boredom and things like that are an indicator. And there's a, there's an idea in psychology about, uh, the sort of cycle of change, but there's this safety versus growth. And yeah. so what can happen is, part of feeling safe and comfortable is in the known mm -hmm. even if we're bored and we recognize that um things aren't as satisfying anymore or re the relationships we just don't feel the same and we're observing things in a different way and our perceptions have changed and our values and beliefs are changing it's still safe though to remain in that space and as you say the ego, you know, its job and, our, and the brain's job is to keep you safe and possibly not change. And Carl Jung looks at that. If you look at the tarot and you look at the esoteric, Carl Jung talked about the ego and, and what the ego's role is. And it's had a bit of a bad rap over the years because it does serve us, does have a function. Look, the ego is not something that you kill. The ego is not oh. your enemy. The ego can be one of your greatest allies. You just have to tame it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and use these use the awareness that we're developing through these uh, steps to to be curious like you're saying to look at our life under the microscope and and when we're in that space do that and ask ourselves are we staying here in the familiar in the known without the growth with these things because it just feels easier mm -hmm. and sometimes it does feel like we've got a choice and we've got forever to do that but at some stage maybe our soul has a you know a calling for something bigger than who we are right now we should be reaching for the stars rather than settling for mediocre and whether that I is 
settling in relationships. So the growth period, and I I used to use this uh, as a tool a lot when I was working with professionals who were working with kids in school, because if a child, and this is what sometimes uh, makes it difficult for people, if they've grown up in an environment where they've never learned to realize these things and trust their intuition and realize that some of this is this rub that we get, this dissatisfaction that we get, this low level of tolerance that we that we get are indicators and we can ignore them that at some stage, like you say, the universe will come along and on an individual and collective level and bang. And we have to also have worked on our resilience factors. Yeah. So that, like you say, faith, hope, trust, really important in all the work that I do, no matter how miserable that we feel, no matter how deep we've gone in that therapy session, no matter how much we've immersed ourselves in looking at every facet of every corner and turning over every stone, we've got to find some facets and shards of light or hope or in our darkest days we've got to light a candle we've got to breathe and not be too rushing because we you've got the two cars together but in a way what we've got to do is open up what's almost like um a neutral zone and we can feel like the no man's land sometimes in those situations you've got to rush on by you've got to find somewhere new to live you've got to do this you've got to do that but sometimes we need to stop and breathe right and it goes back to that you know that zero point of when you breathe in and you hold your breath and you suspend it right and then yeah everything just gets return home just long enough yeah just long enough to acknowledge yourself just long enough to say it's going to be okay because that open that faith yeah i'm okay and your point exactly of Think of the times in the past where you've had these events. What happened at the time? What signs were we missing? What signs came through? And when it happened, then what did we do? And what helps us sustain us when we don't know what the future looks like because we're currently moving out of the past? Mm-hmm. We might have a desired future and there are lots of possibilities and we can hold that vision. But in those moments, we can feel the despair and the fear and the anger and the frustration right. and all of those things. So we've got to revisit those places of where have we done it before? And when we right. did do that, what, what worked for you? What didn't work for you? How did I, you know, if I were to teach another person how to walk through this, this is a lot of yeah. what I do for myself. If I were teaching this, because I don't listen to myself very well. And I'm, you know, I I've gotten a lot better over the years, but you know, this is a common thing. You know, it's like doctors make the worst patients kind of thing. You know, you just don't listen to your own, um, your, yourself. So if I were teaching this, if I were in a teachable moment and I was teaching my friend this moment, how would I teach her? And inside of that, it's like, it starts to register. And as you were saying, if we go back to, okay, so in my last tower moment, this helped me work shift through the anger. This helped me shift through the sadness that is comforting to the ego. And it allows the ego to remain comforted while you're taking steps in a new direction. The ego is like, Oh, I found familiar territory. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to heal this place because this is what I know. And then you're almost like, sneak attacking a new pattern and then you know the the ego is busy your mind is busy in these arenas while you're taking on new steps in a different way Mm. so yeah you're it's 
the, the <laughs> mind is a, a, a tricky thing, but there's definitely ways to keep it. Again, we, we want the ego because it's materializes us. It, it makes us exist. And if, uh, in this, in this realm, and if, you keep the, if you can satiate the ego in healthy ways and being one of those ways being, how did I heal from this before? Mm -hmm. What was it that made me feel better? What was it in the healthy patterns that I did that really got me out of this spot? Now the ego's busy. Now you can get into yeah. your heart space, into the reflective space, into the, the spaces that really open you up to this creative design that we are and say, what is it that I can do differently this time? What is it that yeah. I can do that is more in alignment to who I am? And I'd like to just for a moment, consider people who either have a tendency, so I'm not using diagnostic language, to either get depressed and go under the covers and want to hide from the world or those that get incredibly anxious. So often people who get incredibly anxious are trying to work out what the future looks like because anxiety is future pace. Depression is often about either a suppression, a continuous suppression of emotionals and life force um, where it depletes the energy over a long period of time. It can mm -hmm. be one of the reasons. And the other one is, is about control. And so one of the things we, we can feel like we're losing lots of control, but we've got to realize where we have got some control. Right. So it might be the control of where our mind goes or the thoughts that we have, or whether we wash at eight o'clock and not nine, or whether we wear a red t-shirt or a blue t-shirt, or whether we decide to go and eat with friends that night or whether or not we decide to stay at home. So depression, having some sense of control uh, enables us to realize that actually then we've got some sense of empowerment mm -hmm. and then you less likely to remain in that space and hide under the covers and if we've had those tendencies in the past and I'm also seeing this a lot lately is those old mechanisms for managing life won't work anymore no and they They're don't work because now. now your eyes are open you know, and, and you recognize that that's not working for you. And it never it really did work, work then. for you. No, yeah, it, -ish. Yeah, it, it was a nice little patch job then, but now it's like the patch job's no longer a viable option. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, almost, I, yeah. it's almost like what? Well, it's almost like going in this, into a completely, uh, a new, a, a new supermarket you've not been in. It, it's not even you, once you've gone through the reflection of I've been here before I've experienced these things. I got through it. This is where my resilience is. This is where my strength is. This is, and doing a proper honest review of who you are, not a review of how you would have done it where you disarm yourself completely. It's an right. honest review. And then you have a look at what your gaps are and what tools you need. Because if you need assistance, you find those that give you the assistance in whatever way, whether that is financial, emotional, supportive community, whatever that is, you, you can ask for that at the time. But it's almost like you've got to now uh, experience walking into a brand new supermarket that's right. got different lights and different things on the shelves and don't eat you can't even expect that you're going to see the same things on there now but if you walk into that with um with a almost like again going back to childhood curiosity of wow I wonder what this space is going to look like in right. comparison to the space right. I was in before yeah because what's happening is what it used to be is 
we'll use the supermarket analogy too. The so these chain supermarkets where say they have a specific layout. And then you go to this random store in a different part of the, you know, where you live in a different part of the country and the layout is the exact opposite. Well, that's unnerving in itself, but then you quickly figure out this it's the same thing just in reverse. Well, now we're coming into brand new territory. So you're no longer walking into this, you know, supermarket that at one point had it laid out this way. Now it's flipped. No, now you're walking into a supermarket that you've never witnessed before, that you've never been inside of. You don't know where the produce is. You don't know where, you know, the hygiene products are. You don't know anything about it. So go and explore it. It's it's this new ground and this is new territory for everybody. And we, I do want to go back to the you know, it is scary when you have anxiety and depression, by the way, it is, it's scary when there are these changes, but I was, uh, listening to Abraham Hicks. He's got Esther Hicks, who is, um, been doing this. And so, uh, Esther was talking about the depression side of things and how we can take the ego control of certain items that make us feel more in alignment or more in control of our life. And, and uh, the comment that she had made that really stuck with me was do things that you don't have an emotional attachment to. Right. So I don't have an emotional attachment to brushing my teeth. I don't have an emotional attachment to doing the dishes or washing the lawn. I mean, I have a little emotional attachment to it. It's hatred, <laughs> but I also have a lot of kids. So it's a lot bigger than a little one. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, when we are in these, and that's about where you put your focus, isn't it? I yeah. Think. He also refers to, yeah. Yeah. So when you're in these new territories and say you're coming through this depression or anxiety feeling, well, we already can tell you till we're blue in the face. Don't look into your past. There's not, you're not there. Don't look into the future. It hasn't happened yet. Stay in your now. Okay. Yes. That's easier said than done when you're actually living inside of depression and anxiety. So instead let's give that focus less emotion. I'm going to focus on brushing my teeth two minutes a day today, every day for the next week. I'm going to focus my energy to make sure I get dishes done every single day, or I make my bed every day. I'm going to walk to the mailbox today. Uh, you know, at this time, there's no emotional attachment to these things, but it gives you purpose. It gives you control over the things that you can control. And it allows you to release the control of things that don't belong to you. Yeah. And it's almost like you can even, even if you don't want to go anywhere, you can sit back in your chair and you can look at the TV stand. You know, it sounds obscure, but if the TV, you know, you might have some emotional attachment, say to some ornaments because, and I made a rule years ago that I just get rid of stuff that reminds me of, of anything I don't like or, or a time in the life I don't really want to remember anymore. So that, that's around the objects. But if you look at something that's actually got, like you say, no attachment to it, it can be the coffee table, it can be the TV stand, it can be the rug. So you take your attention and you focus to that and you keep your focus there and then you can even just focus on your breathing. Mm -hmm. That alone slows slow down the mechanism in the mind or helps just start to train the mind 
that the mind can't keep pulling you back towards the places that re-elicit the fear, re-elicit the anger, re-elicit the uncertainty. And you keep taking your mind back. You're exactly that. The, the yeah. thing without emotional attachment. And it's often a thing I say to people, you know, like, do you, do you have any strong feelings towards the table? And they'll look at me. No. <laughs> exactly. So look at the table. Look at the table. Because why light a candle and stare at the flame. Yeah. Because while you're thinking about auntie such and such or your boss at work or whatever, you keep arousing yourself and arousal is any emotion that just starts to get stronger and stronger and, and it, it's usually an activating one but if you can't do something about it and you feel powerless you go you drop back into that cycle again yeah and yeah. it is a it is a circle it is not a spiral there's no coming out of that cycle uh, unless you purposely make that effort and the choice because again we wake up every day and yeah. we have choices and if yeah. you want to make changes, you got to make new choices. But if we keep the, so along that line of, if you look at the coffee table, okay, well, if we're going to do this on a spiritual nature, light a candle, mm -hmm. you light a candle and you stare into the flame, you would be amazed at how little you start, you think about these things that are out of your control, uh, that you think about the things that bring anxiety. You're literally staring at the candle and the candle begins dancing and the flame begins moving and it gets bigger and it gets slower. And you're like, oh, I wonder if I put my hand over it, what it does. And you want to play with it. And, and now you have this sense of curiosity inside of it. And it just is this growing thing that happens that has nothing to do with the things that are bringing anxiety, the things that are bringing yeah. depression, the things that are bringing fear, what it's doing is it's opening your mind and releasing the pressure from having to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the thing that often trips people up and it, and again, I'm always conscious when we talk about these things, because, um, once you've gone through the process several times, it does feel easier because you've experienced the review you've experienced going through those difficulties and you've experienced coming out the other end and there's a level of resilience you've built and you've got some tools and mechanisms in which to cope and I certainly know that when I've been in uh tower situations in the past at the time you know I've been spun around like a bottle and uh yeah. felt all over the place but what I did learn very early on in those uh, because, you know, I think I've said to you before, I had a child that was sick all the time. So we were rushing him to hospital on a regular basis. So we lived, you know, in and out of hospital for like two years. And I just got to the point where I just made sure that I had the basics covered. And in psychology, this is like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, if you can pay your rent and you've got food in the cupboard, no matter how much I had to go to A&E, I knew I was going to be there for hours. I knew I was going to end up staying there. The parents often stay with the children and I would just take that stuff and I would just plant myself wherever. And in a way, what, what I am good at now, because I never used to like doing this or was good at this as a teenager as such, is that wherever I go, I can take just a few bits with me. And whether I'm on the tube or the train or in a journey or in a strange place, I can find this center in myself where I can just go back to. I don't even have to light a candle now. I can visualize a candle. Right. Yeah. I can visualize right. a river. I can visualize a right. tree because I've practiced it so much right. and go back to that center because at some point 
the physiology in your body that the moment yeah. you start to take those that muscle memory is a real thing you know yeah, yeah the brain memory and brain's a muscle the muscle memory is real yeah. and yeah and so these are just little cheat codes or little hints towards the way you start that that process how you get that muscle memory built up you know i you and i are are becoming you know masters of our own realms in a very real way and and mastering the mind was part of that and you know because you and i are both overthinkers we have a tendency to want to pick it apart to the very deepest end of it and the whys and the hows and the winds and all of it um so my my point to that is i i know how easy it is now for for me to get through that and I am very conscious of people that are at the beginning stages of, of taking ownership of who they are and, and what they need, but you have to break free of your own patterns. And, and so these little tidbits of information are ways that not only have helped me successfully, they've helped others successfully as well. And I'm not saying these just because I did it one time and it worked. I'm saying this because it really, really worked for me on yeah. a consistent basis. When I was going through the darkest periods of my life, I chose to go and hide myself in a closet mm. and light a candle in the dark and just stare at the candle. And even though I didn't understand fully why I knew that it took, it gave me a break. I felt like I could breathe because mm -hmm. I was focusing my energy because if I focus on my breath work, I can still think I'm a very good thinker. I can think through, I can listen to it. I can have a full on conversation and have a full thought pattern in my head. But if I'm staring at this candle, this candle brings curiosity to me, this candle flame, it's jumping, it's moving. There's no air moving around me. Why is it doing that? Am I breathing mm -hmm. on it? And so now my whole conversation, my head has nothing to do with the things that were causing depression, the things that were causing anxiety, the things that were, you know, bringing out fear inside of me. Instead, it's like my inner child gets to come out and explore just a little bit and say, oh, this is cool. What is this? This is interesting. Why does it do that? This fire thing is, you know, I even used to have a fear of fire and now I'm like, it's just a respect now, you know, because I used to light the candles on a consistent basis. But yeah, you know, we as, um, in general, we don't ever feel like there's a way out in this as the center of our own universe, right? But if we just tap in just long enough, we will recognize quite quickly that nobody is in control of their fate. Nobody's control of that destiny and you're in control of, of steps inside of that destiny, sure. But you have no control if you go on, on that street and out of nowhere, a car hits you, right? You don't have that kind of control of your life. So instead of living in that fear that you have no control over that, go live your best life and go have a good time about it and find all of the little tricks and, and things that you can do to, you know, access that part of you that doesn't constantly live in this fear or need to control because we already know death is going to happen. We don't know when, right? So go, if you allow yourself these moments of clarity, these moments of breaks in between these devastating moments or less than devastating moments, and you go and just make it a point to live your life out in its fullest degree, you won't have any regrets when that time comes. And that's really kind of the goal in all of this is just go live your 
best life possible. Go find the things inside of you that make you say, I deserve this. Find the things inside of you that says this motivates me or this inspires me, or now I want to be a better person. And, and if we allow our thought pattern to say the tower card is not a negative thing, it's an awakening of sorts, right? It's a universe awakening me. Then you can, it, changes the frame of your mindset. It changes how you decide to view the world. It changes the, the level of fear and scaredness we have about change. Mm. And, you know, as you're talking, um, I sort of feel like I want to wind it back a couple of steps because I'm remembering a time um, you talked, you know, I think everybody's experienced a really dark place in their lives at some stage. Mm -hmm. And Sometimes we don't, when we're in that, we can have these feelings of unhappiness, dissatisfaction, yeah. uh, lack of uh, lack of being able to see anything other because that is our life right now. And we don't know why, we don't know what needs to change. We don't even know there needs to be a change. And there was a particular time in my life where it got really quite, um just just like that really you know all those thoughts and I used to listen to Robbie Williams when he was really uh really big uh it was certainly big in the UK at the time and there was a particular song and this is where sometimes the environment uh or what you're drawn to even if consciously you don't realize your, your subconscious and your soul can can help you yeah see what you're really experiencing that that helps you step out your side side of yourself for a moment because there was a, a line in a song I played this song over and over and over again but the indication was and the and the lyrics in the song was she sits on the bed with her hands and her head in a in a hands on her head and she screams and when you feel like that when you've got situations going on where you feel like you just want to scream or that mm -hmm. you are just feeling so bad, you don't necessarily know why you're, while you're sat on that bed, while you feel so bad and why you're witnessing and while you're watching things around you that you just can't stand anymore, but you don't know that change is possible and you don't know what the world can look like because your world has been that way or something's come along like you say some information's come along and you've heard it or you've seen it and then that has totally blown everything out of the water right. and what and for some people the information that comes along is now so intolerable mm -hmm. so difficult to even agree to and align to change has to happen yeah because it's taken us to a space that our soul screams yeah. no i'm not having this anymore not doing it yeah not doing it anymore i'm not having it right and it, and i just wanted to sort of highlight that there is a there is a lot of people in those situations and my mind is also being called to the fact that i'm working on a project at the moment for uh, it's mostly aimed at women because, uh, but it is for men and women mm -hmm. who are experiencing domestic abuse, who have been in these relationships with people who are 
slowly chipping away at their confidence and self-esteem and remarking in things in a way that they forget who they are. They forget the person that they were once and they're living this life where their world gets smaller and smaller, where there are less and less opportunities. But with quite a few of these women, something occurred whether it was an external thought, whether it was a record they played, whether it was a book that they read that spoke to them on a really deep level that says summer, it's got to change now. Yeah. It's, it's got to change. Yeah, it has to. And, has and you to. know, when you're ready for change, you know, um, you can't change anything until you're ready. And that's just that. Um, but once you're, I will, I am not going to ever coddle the notion of victim mentality. I just yeah, want, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, being a person that has been in situations like you just described, um, you know, the moment of clarity hit you, hit me. And that was that, that was that I realized that none of this was normal. None of this was right. And it was time for me to move forward. And I, I, in that moment, I just, my soul screamed it. And I knew beyond a question, any doubt that it I had to, I had to, yeah, and yeah. in that have to, there was no victim in that it was, this is not good. I have to get out and I have to get out quickly. How do I do that? And then begin the, you know, the tower falls right now I'm sitting here and saying, I have to sit still for a second and gather my thoughts because this was massive for me, right? This, this acknowledgement is now massive. My soul scream is massively, it's deafening. So what do I, what do I do? I have to sit, I have to surrender, and then I have to start moving forward. And that pattern obviously is different for each individual, but the pattern does appear once you allow yourself that moment of clarity, that moment of surrender, that moment of, I don't know. And I, I just, just isn't, I can't, just, I don't know the next step. What's yeah. the next step? It, well, sometimes yeah. that next step is kind of hazy because you have to sit for a moment. You have to gather that energy. You have to make an understanding within yourself. And then the clarity just happens and you, the, you just know your next step. Or as you said, the soul knows a pamphlet will appear or a commercial that you've never seen comes on or an ad on your social media platform pops up and you're like, Oh my gosh. And it feels like the nat the most natural thing that you should be doing. Yeah. And that's how your guide, that's how the universe, that's how you're unconscious. This is how you talk to yourself. Yeah. This is all of this. This is just it. it the universe always responds. Or if you're listening, it's key. Yeah. I think it's a really important point that when somebody's not aware or they start to get an inkling that it's just not right, they can't mm -hmm. do it anymore, it doesn't feel right or whatever, whether a town moment has happened or not, because it usually is, I've noticed this in a lot of my work, it's often driven by crises. Mm -hmm. The amount of people that have come through my services because it got to a crisis, they've experienced, they've suffered the, uh, whatever the conditions are that they've, come to me about whether it is the concern about the child's not sleeping their behavior at school or the rouse in the family or um the violence or whatever it is what's led up to that can be long and enduring 
How long have you experienced? How long has it been like this? What was the turning point? And it's when it's that turning point, when there's something that shifts in the system that just goes, I don't know if I can keep on like this. These are like the internal signs. And at that moment, where it's worked for me is where I go to the universe, whether you believe in God, spirit, whether you don't believe in anything, but you just put the question out there and you say, I'm ready to have a much better life than this. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it'll consist of. I don't know where I'll end up, but I know that it can change. And it's the knowledge of it can change that you don't have to be. The hope with the trust. Yeah, the hope and the trust. And you don't have to be in in a sad, uh, really difficult situation or in a bad relationship or it's the knowledge of that sometimes the practicalities of sorting that out can can be a challenge and we've got to find ways around that sometimes as well but the knowledge of that the internal bit is the one that creates the shift the one that can move us towards if we wait for the crises if we wait for the tower card if we wait for all those things happen now a lot of this stuff you talked about earlier about things being out of control. When we look at things on a collective level, this is collective consciousness where there is something huge that has happened to everybody right. and right. everyone has had to shift, which in some ways, the fact that everybody's had to go through this, at least for the first time in a long time, I'm seeing that right. there's something that lines us all up. We can all say, what's it been like for you? How has this year been for you? How right. has it impacted you? Because we all have this in common now. Yeah. And it's a what bonding experience. Yeah. You know, we talked about the negative sides of grief as a whole, as a collective with the pandemic, but there's a lot of positives to it as well. There's this bonding that's going on through a lot of the communities, yes. uh, you know, whatever community you, your tribe is, you know, or you feel like you belong in, you know, there's this sense of, uh, partnership or or camaraderie that wasn't maybe there in the past because now we're all experiencing this massive upheaval of the way things were and now we're coming into a second round of who knows right and you know we've built these these friendships and these bonds and and this acknowledgement that we're in this together You know, I think that my favorite from 2020, and even though I don't like the path that led to this, of course, but was the, the black lives matter movement was bringing in all different cultures and they were all in it for the same cause, right? They were, you know, there was this massive change that was happening and we were getting, your eyes couldn't shut to it anymore. There was a truth that was coming out and, and what we were getting was this, all of these different communities forming into this one collective community and saying, we are in this together. And so even though it's a little bit of a smaller scale than the worldwide pandemic, it's still a mass level scale of change and, and bonding that's happening within the communities. And so the pandemic is doing the same thing in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, it's almost like um, all the waves that we created, because I think we spoke a few weeks ago as well, that I joined some social groups a few years ago that are part of Meetup. And Meetup, if you look at the history of that, was established after 9-11. 
because in New York, of course, it was so devastated that right. communities had to come together to f- make sure people had food, got somewhere to live and all those basics. And right. so what was born out of this was the idea is, is that there's lots of things that will support people's mental health and well-being. Yeah. And people establish these meetup groups so you can go on meetup and find that there's a cycling organization someone else is doing working with clay someone else is doing art someone's doing spiritual meditations and I remember going on there looking at wow because what it did as well for you either were growing up within a family and it was husband wife and 2.2 kids or you were on your own as a single person and what we found in the areas where where I live I'm in a very transitional town there's two towns one where we get people from all over the world that come and work and they might stay here for six months because it's an industrial town and the town further down the road is very touristy but we get a lot of internationals there for some of the bigger businesses because we've got some of the bigger corporations but what happens is is we get people who come over and there's no way it's really difficult for them to make links and establish any sense of connection or community. So they can go on, they could go online. And this is what I found is it was very easy to move out of the rut and get off the sofa. And there were so many women that I met who were very similar to me at the time that we were all working. We, we had an income coming in, the kids were growing up, um, but the world had changed a lot who could just get off the sofa and go and experience some of these new things. And in a way it sort of, for me at the time was about me making a conscious decision. Like you said, you know, we both have these brains that, you know, want to unpick everything, analyze everything, but I, I needed to get out and socialize and start feeling through who could be my tribe, you know, and right. testing things out. Oh, I like that, but I don't like that. I like that, right. but I don't like that. Oh, I like that sort of conversation on no, no, I don't like that so much. And it was a way of, uh, because through other people, we find out more about ourselves. Through other people, we learn about our social aspects. And equally, if we're on our own all the time, only indoors, that's not necessarily the best thing. Right. A certain amount of time indoors is great. So we need to challenge ourselves out of our comfort zone and do yeah. something different. And if we're only ever socializing and only ever being with people, and I've heard quite a few people, you know, say, you know, I don't really, I don't like being on my own. I always want to go out. And I'm, you know, like that's not necessarily healthy either. No, so, because then you lose your identity inside of all of these masks that you're wearing yeah. around other people. You're a natural mask. You, it's natural to put on a mask around anybody, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that that trueness is the vulnerability that we're all afraid to show or express. So we put on masks. Or it, it takes some, yeah, or it yeah. takes some time. And so in a way, but the process, the wave was started through that really big shocking event but what happened over that was all these grassroots organizations that came together to say how can we be better humans how can we look out for each other how can we support each other and I've certainly seen that in the pandemic in the UK the the rounding people up I remember seeing on Facebook last year that we had a bread shortage. You, I, I don't know why, but you can buy bread in any of the supermarkets and all the bakers oh. were struggling. And so the, there was a couple of bakers, but people started just posting 
do you know where I can get Italian food or do you know where I can get bread or do you know who's got pasta on the shelf? And it, you know, because some became stores, a community project where people were like, okay, I went to the store each and I saw out. this here, or I saw that there was this neighborhood market that um, yeah. opened up or, you know, for those who lost their jobs, uh, there's this new um, organization that's providing lower, you know, you fill your basket up for this dollar amount that's really low and it, pretty much, you know, you can, people can afford and, you know, so mm, society does some beautiful things mm -hmm. in, a, in the response to a crisis. And um, I know we've been focusing on the, the negative sides of the pandemic, the depression, the anxiety that's occurred, the life-changing events, the, you know, the relationships that changed not only within ourselves, but within interpersonal and your work relationships. But there's this giant massive movement of people who really are starting to show up for each other and really yeah. starting to care and we're getting to see it in communities we don't we just kind of we just never acknowledge right you know uh the way that that the frontline people like the doctors the nurses step forward and they were really risking themselves for an unknown or a, not much of an understanding disease yeah. we have these minimum wage workers yeah. that we typically uh, don't give much regard to, and the lack of respect is very apparent. But they've uh, kept the economy going. They kept the economy going, yeah. right? They were the uh, ones on the front line. Facing they're the ones it. going out every day, sitting in the And shop. people were like, you know, they're referring to them as essential workers. We were thanking yeah. them in a public forum. You know, yeah. we were we were so grateful to have these people that we, we were once overlooked to being these, um, the caregivers to us, the ones that are uh, not, like making things happen for us mm. that we couldn't have done if they had closed. And it, it's just, there's a lot of beauty that's going inside of uh, whatever negative there is. And if we stop and we stop looking for the negative, you're gonna start really seeing the beautiful things. And this happens- it's possible, yeah. Yeah, and there, this is also what happens inside of these tower moments. We are so focused on the negative and what we lost that we don't stop to bother for even a moment that maybe it was exactly what we needed to lose, mm. you know? And, and when you can start shifting your perspective and it takes time, but if you can start shifting your perspective into these newer acknowledgements that I am, I, I am guided and I trust and I surrender what no longer serves me, uh, even if you don't believe in a higher power, if all you do is believe in yourself, well, baby, you are a higher power. So start to believe in yourself a little bit more and know that these things happen and you couldn't appreciate the, the ups if you didn't have the downs. So when that tower is down, find appreciation, some gratitude inside of what you can, depending on the level, right? Sometimes it's just like, uh, you know, I have a friendship that failed. Well, I can still find a lot of gratitude everywhere. Now, sometimes it's a lot bigger than that. And it's harder to find gratitude, but you can, there's, there's always something to be great. Are you living? Are you breathing? All right. There's something to be grateful for. <laughs> so I think what it leads us nicely into some is what are those practical steps? So if we think if somebody's just received news that is totally shocking or has pulled mm -hmm. the rug from under their feet and it feels like everything's falling around them, then in that moment, they've got to draw on their support system or right. they've got the internal and external, depends right. on the type of person. And, and possibly... Right. A
agencies, whatever that is, whether that is food, it's rent, the children, drawing on uh, people that can help them out in different ways. And also be just conscious of the thought processes that they don't allow as much as possible to get overwhelmed. And if they can, when when they've steadied themselves, it's about steadying the ship or pulling the horses back when they're leaping forward because that's the other card in the tarot which is the chariot that Ooh, the chariot's be. all about strength yeah and it yeah. and it can pull you forward though as though feeling it's out of control right and then when you've got a chance you sit down and you think about where have i experienced these sort of moments before if it's the first find other people who have or find uh, just put the thought out there and again it might be that you wander into a library or a shop or you just by chance have a conversation or you go on YouTube and you listen to a talk and like we talked about last time the amount of times that I listened uh, to different talks on YouTube in particular when things were difficult I still listen to a lot of those things because I find a lot of comfort in them now because I'm not yeah. in the same place yeah. and I can still enjoy those so that's the initial sort of what's happening when it feels like the holy world's falling apart and there will be lots of stories around there so you've got to also have around you people who have got your back that have a positive focus that don't feed in if there's and we'll all feel a victim from time to time but they don't feed into the victim story they feed into what is possible and yeah. viable and how to help sort yeah. that out yeah and that so really is the key to getting yourself out of any situation is just saying i am not a victim i am going to stand up in whatever way i can yeah did things negative yeah. happen yes could i be a victim yes but i'm going to choose I'm making the act of choice not to be. Instead, yeah. I'm going to take whatever the next step is that feels right, be it community step, internal step, therapy step, getting a new job step, or just sitting there step. Yeah, and it could be all of those things. So if for a moment we, we then take people to think about what stillness is in all of this, is if you're in this chaos, in this storm, in this, everything feels like it's out of control and you're panicking and you're anxious or, and all of these feelings are flooding in your body, which is perfectly normal. What's not normal is can feel like that every day on a consistent basis is to go back to your breath, to notice how your breath feels and try and get some stillness. Part of the brain will be saying, really? You know, right, right this is going... And, and just realize that, that, you know, your brain's trying to do that job and go to that place of stillness. And it could be that stillness is no sound or it could be stillness is relaxing music or it could just be that you're breathing and you're having a soak in the bath and you're doing something. Sometimes stillness is listening to really loud music and dancing or yeah. sometimes stillness looks like screaming out in the middle of nowhere or in your backyard. Sometimes yeah. stillness looks like staring at a door 
Mm. you know, or like you said, a, a coffee table, you know, stillness has all kinds of forms. The key to stillness is to relax the brain thought pattern, right? Mm. That's it. So whatever that is for you, um, for me, I pick up lyric songs. I would like, I would like back when I was still trying to train my brain, I would put on music with lyrics and then I would listen to the lyrics deeply. And if I'm listening to the lyrics deeply and say, try in some memorization form, well, your thought patterns then kind of escape, mm -hmm. right? They kind of settle down yeah. and that still forms this level of stillness inside of the deeper the deeper thoughts that we have, that unconscious thought, the things that just won't quit. You, There's so many ways to create your brain to be a little more still that isn't without thought. There's a lot of ways to do things. People sometimes like to clean to still their brain. Some mm. people like to read a book to still the brain. Some people want to have um, a conversation with a friend that has nothing to do with what is the, the, the power on? moment that just fell. You know, for me, if I can't get out of my own head, I phone a friend or, you know, and just talk to me about anything but the yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so what we're indicating is there, there isn't any right, uh, mm -mm. right or wrong way to do it, but we can fall into patterns that we've used many times before. And there is a possibility now that we're moving into a time where because so much has been impacted in society, education, travel, friendships, communities, work, so much has been impacted we don't quite know, we, you know, we're not at the other end of this. We don't no. quite know what that looks like. So there is a possibility that everything that we did use before that worked might not feel like it relates to us anymore either. Right. And I was saying that to you earlier when I opened up and I was talking about how I was doing yoga the last few days. And there were some tracks that I played over and over again because I love them. I could tune into them. And I've played them the last few days and I've gone back and, and they've just irritated me. And They're I just not the I'm... same. They're not the medicine that they once were. Yeah. Because exactly. your values have changed. The tower fell. It's time you rebuilt differently. Yeah. And, you know, now it's time for the difference in, in, in how you work, the energy, your, the frequency you're sitting inside of, yeah. you know, things that, yeah. you know, were once a higher frequency than where you were sitting were so therapeutic. And now that you've reached or even surpassed those places, that music or that thing that you did is no longer therapeutic. In fact, it feels harmful and yeah. you don't want that. And, and that's okay. We don't have to keep going back to the way things were because clearly some things need to change. Yeah. And the tower card provides that for, for everybody in the best way possible. It really does. So you mentioned the star as well. So mm -hmm. the star, um, I have the sort of image in my mind of the star. And is that the one where she's put, or is that temperance where she's put? Yeah, so if we look back to the original tarot, the original tarot, it's it's a naked woman sitting, sitting next to um, like a reflective surface mm. water. And she's, holding the star in her hand up above her yeah. right and so she's become the star she is now um cleansed free of the burden that yeah. was the card before the tower 
And so as the star emerges, you're, you've cleansed the space, you've reawakened inside of a new understanding, and now you can shine. Right. And it's interesting sometimes the insights that occur um, randomly that you've not even actively pursued when you move into that zone as well and I certainly know that some of the things I've started thinking lately in comparison to how I might have viewed things before has also taken quite a shift um or the or the theories that I draw on or some of the ideas and even with colleagues now on the projects we're working on I've, I've made it really clear that you know I said look I have got a lot of experience in this area but I did this 10 years ago before we could go online, before we had the technology, before I was working with um, people who were younger who are discovering things in the psychology and do in the masters that they've been doing that weren't around at the time where I had to go to a library and find a book on a topic where now we've got access to absolutely everything and everything's much faster and, yeah. and quicker at our fingertips. So I'm sort of raising with them of I can bring, I bring what worked and what was good from there, but I don't see it as a given. I see it as a chance to align that with some of the new stuff that's emerging. Because I said, until you've spoken to the new clients that we'll have in this service, we won't know what the themes are that are emerging. And I'm seeing some themes coming through. And what I am seeing, which is which is really fascinating, everyone that we've spoken about this week that may want to access our service are reviewing their lives. They're doing life reviews. And so whether or not they had a tower experience, there's a space they've entered. And yeah. so the course that I was creating, which was helping people think about transition and what that process takes is because... I don't want people to be fooled by their minds that pulls them back towards the space that actually in some cases may not exist anymore. And for some right. people it may look as though it exists, but it won't look, it won't be anything. It won't feel like anything like was, that right like now. Yeah. And I'm seeing some evidence of this and it's fascinating. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's really beautiful. I love hearing whenever we are having a collective shift of sorts, you know, even, uh, you know, because what that's telling me is that if everyone you're doing this past week has had is doing a life review, that's telling me collectively speaking, there is this huge shift in energy where people are saying, is this working? Yeah. Am I going to be happy in this path? And what do I deserve? Did I ever deserve that? Do I need to move forward from that? And, and I think that's a, I mean, that's, that's a big deal. If we have people like reviewing our life, their life, then you know that collectively there is a monumental shift happening. Yeah. It's less than subtle now. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm, because the other thing along that, that I'm seeing is there's, there's been a pattern where, especially in domestic abuse, where they've experienced it in the past and might even have teenage children and met someone more recently and some have had children some haven't and there's only been one occasion where it's it's got to that stage of aggression or violence and they have straight away no because once you know you can never unknow 
Exactly. But it's more, it has been in the past more unusual in this field because the classic is that it can take 16 to 20 attempts on average for a woman who, you know, police call outs and everything uh, who then eventually leave the relationship. And what we're seeing now is people are standing up and going, no, this is not right. I'm not having this. And, and cutting it out straight away quite that's quickly. amazing and I yeah this is this is this is interesting unfoldment that I'm witnessing uh right well what moment. you're witnessing is what the 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 not so subtle energy now because over, since 2020 we've had been on the divine the divine feminine rising and all you're all you're telling me in that is that the divine feminine rising has risen right? We have risen and now we have access to these realms of, of, um, courage and bravery and wisdom that we didn't have before that energetically speaking, we are tapping into these deeper resources within ourselves. And we have this knowing and this trusting of intuition that maybe we didn't have before because of the conditioning of so many generations of women, and so that's a massive movement to, you know, to have less than subtle energies of what we've been, you know, you and I have been acknowledging for the last few years. Mm. Now that it's becoming less subtle, that's like a victory. It makes me want to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep noticing what I notice yeah. Annie, because with it, how we've created this process is we've only created some baseline uh, options because when we get to see what the themes are that emerge and where people are at, we're designing things as we go along. And that's the other thing is we have to design more in the moment to moment mm-hmm. rather than trying to project three months, six months. Ahead. Yeah. Because yeah. the shifts are so fast. And what I'm also seeing is, is, is this capacity to come fully into ourselves is a male and female thing. You know, so even though we're talking about, you know, domestic abuse and it can often be uh, around the rising of the women, that this is a shift in male and female uh, consciousness and thinking. Well, yeah, because the healing of the divine feminine isn't limited to the feminine. That's just an aspect of them. They also have the divine masculine within them. And so if we're in the rise of the divine feminine, that means that even our male counterparts are having the rise of their divine feminine. So they're becoming more in touch with their intuition into their heart space, into their creative nature, you know, and, and it's into their knowing about what is okay and not okay for them as well. And it doesn't matter what grandpa Joe did or what the line of feel, you know, you know, whatever, that they're the ones that make that change. And even though there might be some slow, steady steps, it's Still slow steady steps and that slow steady steps eventually build monuments eventually yeah. build pyramids eventually you know gets the seven wonders of the world you know and it's just collectively speaking i know that there's a lot going on um but i also know that a lot of that is this awakening that's been happening and this grand rising for so many souls and so many people and everybody is really beginning to see themselves in new light. They're beginning to see the things that was once uh, overlooked in um, a brand new way and they can't keep their eyes off of it. And it's beautiful. This is just a, a new environment we're living in. And I, for one, am 
even if there's some negative connotations, there always has to be a little chaos, right? You got to match some dark with the light. Otherwise it's never full. Uh, that there is a lot of good coming out of it. And the good is going in the long run is going to far outweigh any of this darkness that we're facing. Beautiful. And I think um, on that note, as we end, what we can invite people to do, you know, if you're in the midst of the chaos in the tower falling, of course, deal with what you've got to deal with. Mm -hmm. But let's invite people to see what is it that you can see, whether it's grassroots of ideas or ac activities or community things or things that indicate uh, there are shifts and changes? Because the thing that keeps coming to me all the time is about these waves of change. And some of the waves are subtle and some of the waves are huge. And I, I can see these various waves in different aspects of the system in, in which we're operating. And when we understand our part in that and how we want to participate, and I'm not going to say play a role because you can't play a role if you're in your own sovereign being. If you're in your own knowingness, in your own, um, in, in your own gifts and your own state of who you are, you're not playing a role anymore. You're not playing a role you're on the highest, she said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, you know, once again, we've, we've covered uh, uh, something that looks fairly short and simple, but actually expanded that in many yeah. different ways as we do. So One of my favorite things about uh, to talking with you is it never is two sentences and we're done. It's always this beautiful, <laughs> deep yeah, ocean of thought that we get to swim in. Yeah. So I look forward actually uh, to exploring other aspects of the tarot and how we can use that and the different cards um, because I certainly know that um, you know in psychology we can use imagery in so many different ways mm. and enable people to see uh, you know how their subconscious mind is speaking to them and what they can pay attention to and how right. they can use these uh, this information to either validate or give them signs of things so I look forward to when we explore other aspects of that. So thank you for sharing your knowledge and understanding of the tower and the star card. Well, and as always, thank you for sharing your knowledge. So <laughs> cheers. Well, I shall see you next time. Yes, yes. See you next time. Bye, everybody.